You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham, and it has been a while. Too long, far too long, and This is my passion, and I'm so happy to be back, and thank you guys for everybody that is listening. I promise to be more consistent, and hopefully you can continue to listen, share the podcast. I actually recently switched over to Anchor Podcasts, and so um, I'll put some links in the description of this podcast. You can check it out and see kind of where it's available. Um, Wherever you might be listening to it, it will eventually be available on YouTube, still figuring out the best way to do that, but we're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, uh, anchor.fm, Pocket Casts, uh, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're across the board. So just search for Simply the Best Sports Podcast. Please search it out and uh, give us a subscribe, give us a share, give us a good review. You got the you got the idea. Okay, diving into today's podcast. I live in Utah. I am a big time Utah Jazz fan. I am not originally from here. I grew up in Virginia, and so uh, I'm. I'm more of a Washington, D.C. area sports fan, with the exception of the NBA. I was a diehard Michael Jordan fan, bandwagoner, Chicago Bulls fan during those glory years. Uh, At the time, it was the Washington Bullets, not the Washington Wizards. So my five-year-old mind um, thought, you know what? There's this uh, team called the Bulls, which is similar to the Bullets, and they've got this guy Michael Jordan, and they're really good, and the Bullets stink. I'm going to be a Bulls fan. So I was a diehard Bulls fan. you know, up until Jordan retired, then I realized I wasn't uh, wasn't exactly the biggest Bulls fan. So I am a huge Jazz fan, and the Jazz absolutely destroyed the defending champion Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James last night. Huge victory. Um, the Lakers, of course, were without Anthony Davis, um, who's arguably their most important player. Um, obviously, LeBron is, but Anthony Davis is right there. Super important. Without Anthony Davis... The Lakers, we saw what they could do, what LeBron could do with a supporting cast without Anthony Davis, and he missed the playoffs. And for those of you that are like, oh, he got hurt, his his groin. Yeah, he did, but even when he played, they were one game above 500. I think they were like 25 and 24, 26 and 25, something like that. They were barely above 500 with LeBron in the starting lineup at, at full strength or close to. So... We've seen what LeBron can do without another superstar, and it's not very impressive. Um, all of his title runs he's had, with the exception of his very, very first one when he got swept in the finals. It wasn't a title run, but at least a finals run. He's had stars alongside of him. He had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh for those four finals appearances and two championships. He had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love for the next four Um, with one championship and then he had Anthony Davis for this last one so LeBron needs a superstar everybody does you got to have a superstar teammate to get it done he's without one right now and they've lost four straight they are reeling it's not looking good but but I still believe they are quite arguably the best team in the NBA at full strength so today's podcast is all about the current NBA power rankings so this is as of right now where do I think these teams stand in the power rankings. Okay, so I'm going to do the top 10. And number 10, I'm going to start from 10 and work my way up. Number 10 is going to surprise you. And I want you to hear me out before you think I'm crazy. 
But at number 10, I am putting the Washington Wizards. Yes, that's right. I'm putting the lowly 11 and 18, third to last in the Eastern Conference, Washington Wizards. Which, what is that? 9, 10, 11, 12. They are 13th. They are 13th in the Eastern Conference. I'm putting them as 10th in the entire NBA. And here's why. They're going to figure out how to win more games with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. It's going to happen. This is the worst season we've seen from Westbrook probably of his entire career. I believe he's starting to snap out of it. I believe it's a confidence issue. I believe it's a chemistry issue. Um, He's not used to not being the number one guy. He's humble enough to realize he's not a very great shooter, and so he needs to find other ways to score, use his athleticism. He still has plenty of athleticism left in him to get to the hoop and and to be a difference maker. They have won uh, six of their last 10, and this is a really important stat. The Washington Wizards are one of very few teams that actually has a winning record against teams with winning records. So of the games you've played against opponents that were 500 or above, the Wizards are 6-5. and Currently in the NBA, the teams that have winning records against winning record teams is the Nets, the Wizards. That's it for the Eastern Conference. Okay, I'm just double-checking here as I... As I say that, yes, that is it for the Eastern Conference. Two teams, the Nets and the Wizards. Then in the West, you have the Jazz, who we're going to get into. The Clippers are 500, so we'll count that. The Suns, and I think there was one more. The Nuggets, I thought the Spurs were two. No, the Spurs are five and six, so the Nuggets. So there's, what, four teams, five teams in the entire, five teams in the entire NBA with a winning record against 500 or above teams. The Wizards are one of those teams. They're six and five against quality opponents, and they've won six of their last 10. I'm putting them at number 10 in my power rankings. Number nine, the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are the defending Eastern Conference champs. They had the shortest offseason in the history of professional sports. They were a little banged up. They've been a little banged up. Drogic has been in and out of the lineup. Butler's been in and out of the lineup. They've just not been at full strength. They're now starting to come around. And I'm putting the Miami Heat at number nine. They have won four straight and are seven and three in their last 10. I'm putting them at number nine. Number eight, the Denver Nuggets, kind of a similar scenario. Um, they didn't have a very long offseason. They, of course, were in the Western Conference Finals last year against the Lakers. So they didn't have a very long offseason either. Um, they're one of those teams that has a winning record against opponents with a winning record. They also have a good plus-minus. Plus-minus is an important stat. I'll get into that more with some of these other teams. But the Nuggets, uh, I'm putting them um, at number eight. At number seven, I'm putting the Philadelphia 76ers. Yes, you heard me right. You heard me right. The team with the best record in the Eastern Conference, I'm putting as only the seventh best team in the NBA. I'm just not buying the 76ers. Um, You know, they're they're a really good team. Number seven is not bad. I mean, I've, I've got them in my top ten. Uh, they have a plus. They have a point differential. Excuse me, not a plus minus, but a point differential of just plus two point nine. So point differential is a big deal. It's basically the average number of points you're you're winning or losing by all of your games. All of your games scores added up, combined, and then divided by you know the number of games. So they have outscored their opponents this season by an average of just 2.9 points per game. So they're kind of barely squeaking by. That's usually a pretty telling stat that 
you know, over the longer course of an entire season, it usually will tend to catch up to people. Either you're going to see that point differential really expand and go up and, and more adequately match their record, or you're going to see it stay where it's at, which means the record's just going to kind of start to go down. They'll stop, they'll stop, they'll stop winning some of those games. So that's one thing. Two, they're five and five in their last 10. So they're not playing super hot right now. Um, Ben Simmons can't shoot, just not his biggest fan. Uh, I think that's going to be a problem, you know, when things get really important. Uh, and then the other one is they've had an easy record or an easy season, easy schedule. They've played 23 games against teams that were below 500. So they're 21 and 11. That's 32 games. Well, 23 of those were against teams that were have losing records. So they're 18 and five in those games. And then in just the nine games they've played against teams that are 500 or above, they have they have a three and six record. So they're not playing well at all against good teams. So I'm not buying the 76ers. They're they're good. They're not great. I've got them as seventh in the league. Six, this is going to surprise you too. I've got the Lakers at number six. Now, again, I will say at full strength, you know, with Dennis Schroeder, who's also out, and Anthony Davis, who we mentioned being out, when they're back at full strength, the Lakers, in my opinion, are the team to beat in the NBA. They're the best team in the league at full strength. The question is, will they be at full strength? Right now, they're not. They're without two of their two of their three or four best players, obviously LeBron being their best and they're not playing well. They've lost four in a row. They're only five and eight against teams above 500. And so to me, the, you know, the, the Lakers, they are the team to beat, but right now they're just not deserving of a spot higher than six. Uh, they've just been losing too much. Again, they've lost four in a row. They're five and five in their last 10. And so injuries and whatnot, we're just going to see what happens with the Lakers. Uh, without Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder, I honestly don't even know that I see them making the playoffs. Um, they do have a good enough record right now that maybe they could hang on and get that eighth seed, but that that's just how important those guys are. So we'll see what happens there. Number five, the Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix Suns. This is quite the tale. They were on a great turnaround in the bubble. So going into the bubble and then in the bubble, the Phoenix Suns kind of started to turn a corner where they weren't the Suns that we'd seen for so many years, they started to figure out how to win. What did they do? In the offseason, they went and got Chris Paul, a proven winner. Chris Paul took the Oklahoma City Thunder, who we thought were just dead. They were dead. They they lost Kevin Durant, and then they lost Paul George, and then they lost Russell Westbrook, and it was just like, oh my gosh, the poor franchise, they're gone. They're completely starting over. Well, guess what? They went to the playoffs last year and nearly won in the first round. That's how good of a or big of a difference maker Chris Paul is. They add Chris Paul. They're 20 and 11 right now. They're sitting in the four seed in the West. They've won eight of their last 10. Their point differential is 5.4, which is actually the third highest in the West ahead of the Lakers. So the Phoenix Suns are, are a team that is for real. They're going to make the playoffs. I don't know if they'll end up the four seed or not uh, in the West. You think the Nuggets are eventually going to kind of climb back up and get in there. But I think you're going to see the Suns around the five, six seed. They're legit. And right now they're playing really, really well. So for the time being, I've got them as the five, uh, number five in my power rankings. At number four, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks, they're kind of not playing so great so far. They're just third in the East. Um, they have won three straight. They're five and five in their last 10. Here's what I like about the Bucks. They're, they've got Giannis, who's top three player in the league. And their point differential is a plus 7.7. 7. 
That's actually the second highest in the NBA behind only the Utah Jazz. And I'm telling you that point differential, just, just watch, it matters. So the, the Bucks are outscoring opponents big time. They're just having some weird games where they just play like crap. And so I think you're going to see them continue to figure it out, continue to improve. Um, I think you'll end up seeing them probably be the two seed in the East um, behind the Nets. I think the Nets are eventually going to overtake the 76ers very soon here. They're only a half game back. But I think you'll see the Bucks finish in the in the two seed probably in the East. So I've got them number four in the power rankings. Number three in the power rankings, I have the other team from LA, the Clippers. The Clippers are an interesting team, right? Because we all thought the Clippers were the team to beat last year. We just did. It was like, how could they not win the championship? They have everything. I think they got a little bit worse this year. Um, They're still obviously one of the top teams in the NBA. I would put them probably top three, probably third behind the Lakers and Nets, and I'll get into that. Um, but they don't really have, okay. So they've got Kawhi who is a closer, who is a clutch player, who's a finisher, Paul George. I'm sorry. Playoff P is not impressive. It's not impressive P. Uh, he, he's got a history of just not being very good in the playoffs. He really does. It's, it's, it's something that he will absolutely have to fix if the Clippers have any shot at a title. Because they're going to have to go through teams like the Jazz, the Lakers, the Nets, or the Bucks. Like the the road to the championship this year is very, very competitive. There are several teams that have a real legitimate shot at winning the title. Uh, the Clippers are one of them, but but playoff P's, playoff woes are a huge, huge concern if you're a Clippers fan. And so that's something they really need to look at. Uh, the Clippers, though, they do have a the second highest point differential in the West at six point eight. So they're they're beating their opponents by an average of six point eight points per game. Six and four in their last ten. And I'm actually going to look because I don't remember this one. I'm going to look at what their record against teams with a winning record is. So they're seven and seven. So they're so they're five hundred. So yeah. So they were one of those few teams with a winning record against uh, teams, you know, quality opponents that are five hundred or above. So again, those teams are the Jazz, Clippers. Nuggets, and then that's in the West, those those three. And then the two in the East are the Nets and the Wizards. So kind of an interesting stat. But Clippers are one of them. They're barely barely there at 500, uh, seven and seven against quality opponents. So they've also had it pretty easy, uh, 16 and three against teams below 500. So that's 19 of their games against kind of not so great of opponents. But seven and seven, the 14 games against quality teams, and they, they've managed to to go 500 in those. So Clippers are there at number three. Number two is the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets are winners of seven straight and they are 11 and one. <laughs> this is, this is an incredible stat. The Brooklyn Nets are 11 and one against teams that are 500 or greater. That is the best in the league. Second best are the jazz, but 11 and one they they actually have a losing record. They're 10 and 11 against teams below 500. So here's the only concern. Well, there's two concerns actually with the Nets, two concerns. One, their defense. Uh, their their defensive rating is not good. Uh, they're giving up points all over the place. But on the flip side, they're scoring at an incredible rate, a historic rate actually. So that's one concern is their defense. The second concern, if you're a Nets fan, is what are they going to really do with all three guys on the floor? Because right now you could you could spin it 
as a positive right now that the Nets are winning a lot without Kevin Durant. I think they've won eight of their last nine without him. And um, that that's a positive, right? Like, oh man, we, we're doing it with Kyrie and with, with James Harden. But my whole problem with them from the beginning when they got Kyrie, or excuse me, when they got James Harden, was how is this really going to work? Like, you've got three guys that need 25 shots a night. I mean, that that really alienates the entire rest of the team. It also creates this kind of awkwardness of who's the closer, who should take the most shots down the stretch. The obvious answer is Kevin Durant, but you got some egos with Kyrie Irving in particular. James Harden, I will say this about James Harden. The guy has impressed me. I've I've been one of his biggest critics over the years. I am not his biggest fan. I've said for years he will never win a title as the number one guy. But to his credit, he realized that too. He agreed with me, and he has taken a back seat to not only Kevin Durant, but even also Kyrie Irving. He's taken fewer shots. He's a uh, he's a distributor. He's a facilitator, and he's a first, and he's a scorer second. So I have gained a lot of respect for James Harden. We'll see if he can continue to do that. If he does, and if Kyrie will also defer to Kevin Durant when he's back, the three and they need to move the ball. The the Utah Jazz move the ball like you've never seen. The Nets are not that not that team. Harden's a dribble, 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 dribble kind of guy. Kyrie's a dribble, 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 dribble kind of guy. And so there's there was that debate for a while which big three was better: the Kyrie, Durant, Harden big three, or the Durant, Curry, Clay Thompson big three. And to me, it's not even close individually. Obviously, the Nets have the better big three, but collectively as a unit, it's not even close. The Warriors' big three was better because Clay didn't need the ball. Clay would drop sixty points on 11, 11 dribbles. I mean, Kyrie can't even go one possession without dribbling eleven times. You know, so their team chemistry on offense is going to be a huge factor for them come playoff time. And if they have enough guys sitting out during the regular season, will they have enough time to get that chemistry they need to go win a seven game series against the likes of a 76ers or a bucks. And then of course, Lakers, Clippers or jazz in the finals. So yeah, those are the concerns if you're a Nets fan, but overall, obviously they look fantastic. Uh, 11 to one against teams above 500 winning a lot of games recently. I think what they've won in their last 10, they're seven and three winners of seven straight. So they had a three game losing streak, but they've won seven straight since then. So point differential of 4.2, which is the second highest in the East behind only the bucks. Um, and it is the like fifth or sixth highest in the NBA. So they're looking good. Number one. And I wish I could say, I thought they were the best team in the NBA. I do not. But currently they are. Currently in these power rankings, this is the best team in the NBA, and that is the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz are destroying the competition. In their last two games, they have 50 made three-pointers. That is an NBA record. That is an all-time NBA record for a two-game span as a team to have 50 made three-pointers. They have the highest point differential by a long shot in the NBA. So they are outscoring their opponents by 10.1 points per game on the season. The second highest in the NBA is the Bucks at 7.7. That's 2.4 points more. That is a huge gap because it's not even a full point from the Bucks to the Clippers who are third. And it's not even two full points from the Clippers to the uh, Suns who are fourth. I mean, it is a huge gap. They're outscoring their opponents by double digits. They're the first team in NBA history to have this many double digit wins 
in their first 32 games. They are, I think they've won by double digits like 20 something times in their 32 games. And that's the most in NBA history. No team has ever done that. They're 26 and six. They're three and a half games ahead of the next best team in the entire NBA. Their point differential is crushing the entire NBA. They're nine and one in their last 10. And to top it off, we already mentioned this, but to top it off, they're 13 and four against teams above 500. They've had one of the toughest schedules to date. That's 17 games against teams with winning records. They've gone 13 and four in those games. Their other 15 games, they went 13 and two against teams below 500. They have not gone to overtime this game this season. They are dominating. They are moving the ball. They have seven guys that can score double figures every single night. I mean, you they 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 very very similar. They are very very similar um, in this regard, in the regard that they do not have a superstar, but they have stars, and they're very unselfish, and they're very they're they're a team. They're a unit. They they are very unselfish. They share the ball. And they all fill a specific role. Like that's my issue with the James Harden, Kyrie Irving thing is do they fill the same role? Like if I'm starting a NFL franchise, I don't go and draft three quarterbacks. I get a quarterback and a offensive lineman and a pass rusher and a great receiver and a great defensive back. And you fill different roles. Basketball doesn't always do that. It used to, it used to be like we have a point guard and we have a shooting guard and we have a tall, big man in the middle to block shots, a center. And now it's kind of like, oh, let's just like get a bunch of guys that can play ball, you know? And it does work a lot. But when you have three superstars that are all very similar, I kind of wonder, the Jazz aren't like that. The Jazz are very similar to that Pistons team in 04 that beat the Lakers in the championship that had zero superstars, but had some all-stars. They had Chauncey Billups, Rip, Ham- Rip Hamilton. Well, we've got uh, Donovan Mitchell. I shouldn't say we. <laughs> the Jazz have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Okay. Two all-stars that are very deserving. Neither is a superstar. I won't sit here and say Donovan Mitchell's a superstar because he's not. He's a very good player. He's a deserving all-star. He's not on the level of like a Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant. Uh, he's Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's not at that level. Those are like the mega superstars, right? Donovan's not there, but he's a, he's an all-star. He's a deserving all-star. Rudy Gobert. Very deserving all-star, two-time defensive player of the year. The guy is a complete game changer. He alters shots. Not only does he get a ton of blocked shots, but if you watch games, he is altering shots all over the court. I mean, guys are scared to drive the lane. When they do drive the lane, they're very much like kind of shifting their body and contorting their body in different ways and trying everything they can to get a, you know, get get the ball over his outstretched arms. And you watch these rookies. <laughs> I love watching the rookies think I'm going to take it to go bear. And he wins just about every single one of those battles. He did get dunked on by LeBron last night. but And then another one where he kind of just made a business decision to move out of the way and let LeBron dunk it. But then he went and won by 20 plus. So the Jazz are filling the roles. Then they're shooting the three at an incredible rate. Uh, Donovan can hit the three. Mike Conley can hit the three. Uh, Joe Ingles can hit the three. Jordan Clarkson, he's going to be the sixth man of the year for sure if he even maintains a fraction of the pace that he's at right now. He can drill the three. Um, you've got, uh, I said Joe Ingles, jo- Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley. Um, George Yang coming off the bench can hit the three. I mean, the Jazz have so many guys 
Boyan Bogdanovich. Didn't even mention him. He, I mean, Boyan Bogdanovich is probably, I was talking to a buddy the other night or just last night during the game. And I was like, dude, Bogdanovich in my mind was like our third best player. But like, as I start to really think about it, I'd probably put him fifth, fifth on the jazz. You've got Donovan and Rudy. I would put Clarkson as the third most important player on the team. I'd probably put Conley as the, so Donovan and Gobert and then Clarkson. And then I'd put Conley fourth. I would probably put Bogdanovich as the fifth most important player on this jazz team. That's just how good they are. They are so deep. Um, so, so deep. They've got favors coming off the bench. I mean, Royce O'Neal can hit the three at a very incredible rate. They've got several guys that can hit threes at like 40% plus. It's impossible to guard that with how much they move the ball and get open threes. And this is a young team too. This is a very young team. Mike Conley is the oldest guy on the team with Joe Ingles. They're both 33. They're just 33 years old. They're the oldest guys. Donovan Mitchell is just 24. Rudy Gobert is 28. You know, Bogdanovich is 31. Jordan Clarkson's 28. This These guys can play. Royce O'Neal, 27. Yang, 27. Like, I mean, this is a team that is right there. We'll see what happens come playoff time. I, I've got to be real with myself and with you guys. You know, that's something I pride myself on is just being a realist. Well, you know, I can be a fan while still being like an objective observer and analyst and someone, you know, a sports enthusiast at full strength. The Lakers are better. The Nets are better. The Clippers are better. So at full strength in the end, I think you're going to see a jazz team. That's probably the fourth best team in the NBA. But right now, right now for these today's STB sports take power rankings, I'm putting, I'm putting the jazz as the best team in the league. They're just, they're just winning too much right now. They're winning at an incredible rate. So it'll be interesting to see what happens down the stretch as teams come to full strength or not. But mark my words, you're going to see the Wizards in the playoffs. They won't win a they won't win a series, but they're going to make the playoffs, even though they're 13th in the East right now. They're going to win a they're going to win a they're going to go to the playoffs. And the Jazz, oh, it's tough. The the West is so stacked. It's so so stacked. It's like going to be hard to even go to the Western Conference Finals because that means you're going to have to beat the Lakers or the Clippers. And I don't know that they could do that in a seven game series. I'd give them the better chance, of course, against the Clippers. But the one thing about the Jazz with their depth, I mean, the Clippers or the, or the Lakers, we're seeing what's happening with the Lakers when they lose a guy. They lose a guy to injury, a key player, and they they're losers of four straight. They're reeling. It's like they they're not even they're not even playoff worthy without Anthony Davis. Clippers would be the exact same story if they lost like a Kawhi Leonard or a uh, Paul George. Um, the Nets would be the same story in the playoffs. They wouldn't, you know, the, the, the Nets wouldn't be the same in the playoffs without without one of their stars. The Jazz, on the other hand, are so well-rounded on and so deep. They're like nine guys deep, and they don't have like a true superstar that they could lose a guy like Donovan, and they wouldn't be nearly as good, of course, but they'd be very competitive. And so... If, if an injury takes place to some key guys on these other teams, the Jazz could see themselves winning a title. They could. Or they could pull off the, the miracle and be the, the Pistons team. You know, just that Pistons team in 04 that won the title, they had Ben Wallace as like their defensive stopper. That's our Rudy Gobert. Uh, they had Rip Hamilton as like their best player, best scorer, all-star but not a superstar. Boom, that's Donovan Mitchell. Chauncey Billups. 
clutch shooter, um, floor general, Mike Conley, right? And you can kind of go down the list. The difference is we don't just play great defense. We play phenomenal offense, ball movement, three-point shooting. I mean, I'm I'm hoping, as a fan, I'm hoping and praying that the Jazz can uh, – can win a title this year. That would be, that'd be absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, and hopefully we, we see more and more fans allowed in the stadiums. The jazz are actually the team that is allowing the most fans right now. Um, COVID cases in Utah are, are uh, down and they're allowing 3,500 fans in, uh, you know, capacity is like 19,000. So it's a very small fraction that they're still in allowing in. I went to a game the other night, really, really fun experience. Um, very strict on the mask wearing, of course, very strict on the social distancing, of course, and it works. I, I hope we'll see more and more teams do that and get more and more fans in the stadium. And as vaccines get distributed and things like that, I hope we see more and more stadiums just filling up. I did get an email from the jazz last night saying that they're at least in the suites anyway, going to be allowing 50% capacity. I, I obviously don't think they'll be allowing 50% in the whole stadium, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see that 3,500 Fans get bumped up to say, you know, 5,000 or even 7,000 fans, 7,500 fans total for the games um, because we've got warmer weather around the corner. We've got vaccines getting distributed, a lot of good things happening to help us turn the corner on this COVID thing. So, um, yeah, that is it for today's podcast. You guys are incredible. Thank you so much. Go Jazz. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Cause we are warriors, warriors.